what made you want to go and pursue a formal education or a tertiary education in in education um well i wanted to sharpen my skills i wanted to be better at what i mean i knew i was good but you have good better best and then i wanted to sharpen and secondly all my teach all my life from rosal mixed infant to maho to Kodal primary school i taught a specific group of children um and these were the children i knew if they were not given the kind of attention they would fall through the cracks i always had the weaker group and then so i mean i pulled things from my heart and then i they just it, it just as i said I, I think i was because i was born it just came naturally but i wanted to do better for them so at that point in my life i decided i was going to i, I had to leave and it was not just my living was not just for my education but also for my own personal development and um i i always say if i had not left the time that i did because of what was happening in my life personally if i had not left i would not be where i am today and probably i would not be as sane as i am <laughs> well that's that's one of the interview <laughs> <laughs> no, you are very passionate about early childhood education, children with disabilities, etc. Tell us a little bit about that. Where did that come? Because you were not teaching Maho and these places, children with disabilities. Yes, I, I was. So tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Um, you see, I want I just want to clear the air with you. When people hear children with disabilities, they only look for those on the wheelchair. Or they would look for those who have visible signs, probably of Down syndrome. But the thing about it, you have the visible disabilities and you have the invisible ones. It's very easy to identify somebody in a wheelchair. Now, that person has a physical disability, but their physical disability doesn't affect their learning. True. Very. Okay? Now, you have some children who either because of the environment or what they don't grasp certain concepts so it is important to understand the learning styles of the students so you can know how to make the accommodations and the modifications to learn because every child can learn the most thing about it is that we want to teach children how we learn but we don't want to teach them how they learn so the truth of the matter if we have to look at it we're the one who are disabled <laughs> because we want to feed them in our own box but they have their learning style and we have to figure them out to get them to learn the information so the children that i taught they had difficulty they had learning disabilities because they couldn't read they had difficulty processing info instructions because you will give you may we have children you give them three you give them a routine instruction you give them three things to do pick up your pencil open your book look at the board the only thing they, re they remember was the last one you told them because it takes time for them to process all that information 
And then so we don't understand that we start to yell at them and we start to tell them things. And sometimes we tell them things about even their mother. Oh, I understand because you, you that person is your... And we tell them things about their whole... And we, what we do now, what we do, we lower their self-esteem, we shut them down, and then they develop what is called learn helplessness because mommy tell me I cannot learn, daddy tell me I'll not do anything, and you telling me the same thing. So probably it's true, and they believe it. So when I left to go to study, Everybody else went to the business and computer. It was not, it was that they were going to study things that could make money for them. I want to, I've always wanted to, my goal in life is to make a difference in the life of people. And that is why my personal motto is empowering lives, impacting others to put your passion. That's my own personal motto. So it was not about make, if you're going to look for money, teaching is not a place where you're going to look for money. You ever, you, you don't, I mean, you're just not going to make money. But at the end of the day, when you look back, you can see success. And to me, if I can take a child from zero to 50%, that's a lot. So I went to study um, special education because in my teaching career, I realized um, there are some students who fall through the cracks. And I wanted to be able to improve and I always say, I, I know I cannot save everybody, but I always say, if not all, but one. And if I can make a difference in the life of one child, then I would have succeeded as a teacher. And so that's why I went to do special education. I just wanted to do my bachelor's. And um, when I completed my bachelor's, because I had done my teacher, my Dominican, I had my teacher training certificate, I had done something in UWE. I actually got 60 transfer credits. So I had, I finished my bachelor's in two and a half years. So I had a year and a half and um, they were just rolling out the master's program in early childhood special education. I said, why not do it? So I'll be qualified from early childhood all the way to secondary school. So which means I can actually work in any education setting. It's about making yourself marketable, right? Very true. Good. And then so, um, I did early childhood special education where I had the opportunity to work in an inclusive setting um, with children with disabilities and children with, and then it opened my eyes to so many other categories of disabilities and how to cope with them, how to deal with their different behaviors, how to work with their families. And um, so while I was up there, I decided, wow, when I go back home, I'm going to open a school and you know how excited you get when you come and you just want to just get things done it wasn't easy it has been an uphill battle but i'm still holding on to the fight wow that's beautiful that's lovely um you you just mentioned you opened a school yeah so you are the director of the achievement learning center in Rizzo. i've i've actually visited the school a few times yes um why did you um decide okay i'm going to this school. I mean, I know you said when you left university, you wanted to come back and you wanted to open a school. Why did you decide where you decided to open it? You know, um, your, your entire your entire structure, how you were going to do it. Why exactly you decided to do that? Okay. When I came back down, everybody came down with pretty shoes and pretty clothes. I came down with everything to start the school, from the mats to the books to the markers to the crayons, everything. Everything I, I just went to I bought everything for the school. And um, so I came back in 2005 
And um, I, I was excited. I thought something was just going to work out for me, but it didn't. So I got kind of discouraged. And I remember in 2006, I wrote a letter. I was just, I was a letter to the Ministry of Education. I was, I wrote a letter. And I was put in my shoe. The Lord said, Joseph never defended himself. So I tore up the letter. And I lay on the floor in my room and I was praying and the Lord started to give me certain things about a school that I wrote it down. I know I wanted to write this book. I wanted to open this school. That's all I know. I wrote down the name of the school and what he was going to do. And then, but life happened. Not the way I planned. What I came back to is not what I expected. So things just kind of I happened. And um, one afternoon, I was ready to go to work, and then Joel Austin was praying, preaching. And he was talking about keeping the dream alive. And it doesn't matter what happened, that dream that you had, you have to revisit it. So I went in my room. I took the book. I opened it on the floor in my living room. I knelt right there while he was saying the prayer. And I said, Lord, I'm giving you back that dream. And I went to work. And the secretary at work, I, th I, was, I think I was at the college that time. I just started the college in 2010. And um, the secretary said, Beverly, I'm, I'm studying my school. I said, you're studying your school? Tell me. I said, what's your school name? She said, Achieve Melody Center. I said, but where do you have that school? She said, Cox. I said, oh, you don't have that school? But actually, she had a school similar to what BTC had. So I said, I'll buy it. I had no idea I was getting money, but I just said, I'll buy it. So I bought the school. We came up with an agreement. So I would pay her until, you know, I um, paid everything. And um, at that time, she was located in Cork Street. And um, I, I was there for a few weeks. And I was like, God, I can't stay there. What can I be in a school? I have to keep the door closed. People are smoking outside. And then I just decided, okay, I need to get a, I need to get a space. So my son was with me. I said, we are going to look for a space. So I, when I made the first round, I passed in Portersville. I saw the place empty. I went again. I saw it empty. When he said to him, I said, Father, I claim that place in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I, I remember there was, there was a preschool there. So I tried to find out the name of the, I tried to find out who it was. And I went to the landlord. Now, the landlord is Miss Dupini, Silma Dupini. And then when I explained to her, she said, so she said, so many people are coming to me for that place, but I like what you're going to do with it, so I'll give it to you. And so I, I keep telling people, God kicks me into purpose. There were a lot of things that happened in my life that caused me to be at the state college at the time that I was there. So I could meet that young lady so I could get myself on track. So when I bought the school, I completed, I kind of faced all the program that she was doing. And then I started my school with three students. Wow. wow. I had, I had a student who was with dyslexic, learning disability. He was 11 years old in a grade three. I had another one who was um, in second form in a secondary school, but functioning at grade four and grade five. And another one, and then we started. 
and every year we grew we have we have had our challenges and i just keep reminding god that you gave me the dream you have to make the provision so we have been running by faith and he has been faithful so today and we have seen we have seen our students one of the boy who came to us from second form he completed his ccslc so he has his a certificate certifying that he has ended second he's completed secondary school education and we've seen students come here who had no language and they have language we have seen them come with tantrums with anger with all sorts of issues and then we have seen success so this is one of the things that i'm i keep pressing for i will never stop advocating for children with disabilities or persons with disabilities because despite their abilities they can't function in society whereas they may not be able to get cxts but they are functional skills that they need and then these are some so those who can function academically we we give we we push them but we work with them at their level at the individual level and then we teach them life skills washing the dishes cleaning the school the yard with the the, the classroom learning to eat properly etiquette learning to be get along with their friends learning how to introduce themselves to strangers when they come to the to school so yeah wow. we've come to the half section of the program uh we have so many more questions i have so many more questions for beverly and uh, if you have your questions don't forget you can drop it in the box below um we have people coming in like lisa is singing nice ever of course she's already cast because you never not seen her in a long time lovely ladies uh we we have a few people you know saying hi and, and shouting shouting out the program i want to remind you if you're locked on right now hit the share button make sure you hit the share button so that your friend or friend of a friend or friend of a friend of a friend can also enjoy the video along with you and if you're unable to actually complete viewing of the video for whatever reason, or you probably just want to come back on and listen or view the video, you can do so in 24 hours. It will be up on my website. That is jljoseph.com forward slash P-L-O-G. You can just go on there. You can see the video. It's the live video of the show. And you can also um, get access to the down, um, downloadable link where you can download it. Because some people have, again, data issues. You can download it when you're in Wi-Fi and listen to it again. Um, so you are able to do that um, on the site. So I want to encourage you, make sure you click the share button. Now, before we continue, I also want to shout out my girl, uh, Marie Claire, who's locked in in New York. And I want to remind you guys that she is going to be performing in New York City at Joe's Pub. That's on Saturday, August the 4th. So if you are Dominican or an island person, who likes to support other island people, go out to Joe's Pub that is, of course, in New York City and show your support to America. America is an amazing singer, amazing vocalist. Uh, she's going to be out at um, Joe's Pub that is on August the 4th from 7 p.m. Uh, I will post the details of that on my timeline so you can get into that. We're continuing to talk with Beverly LeBlanc, who is locked in with us from Dominica, and I don't want ever our service to go down for whatever reason, because you know, no, wait, please. And please stay on. <laughs> so we, we really want to get this thing going, so let, let's get it going. 
Um, Beverly, you work with two sets of children or students on a daily basis. Yes. With your being the director of the Achievement Learning Center working kids with special um, um, disabilities or special learning, um, learning needs. And then you have the role where you are the dean of your student affairs and international services at the Dominica State College, where you have to deal with <laughs> because you know from the time they come out of high school they're big you know you have to deal with these two different students um on a daily basis how are you able to switch the roles when you're facing different challenges um if you listen if you remember when i told you earlier on my children kind of um they like the sandpaper and um so when i meet these children i just i just say lord i thank you for the difficult the difficulty they made me experience it was a learning process for me and it can be challenging there sometimes you just have to know to pick your battles um i realize they are adults and then we cannot treat them as, as children so in a case where um they would come and they would have the boys would have their pants way down and you see the boxer shorts i'll just go stand next to them and whisper in the ears, you know, because they, you don't want to embarrass them in front of their friends because they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, if, I'm, when I'm, if I'm teaching a class and then the girls have their shirt and it is very, it's, it's caught and all their butts showing out there, I'll just go sit down next to them, I'll put mine on there, I'll talk to them, I'll say, boy, I like your hairstyle. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just pull the shirt down. And I was like, oh my God, you, and, but nobody knows what I did. Because you have to make sure you keep them, you may, you will help them to maintain their self-esteem. Yeah. And um, when I make myself very open to them, so if they have any issues, they come and they talk to me. And I listen to them, um, not letting, telling them what to do. And um, they come to me, depending on what it is, I refer them to where if they have an issue with their Auburn, they need some class to register. I refer them to the registrar's office. If they have an issue with their um their bill they i send them to the bursar office but you see the thing about where as in the primary school and the secondary school it's a little bit more structured because you have a timetable and they're there all the time they're not always there all the time mm -hmm. so when they come when i meet them we we, we 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 chat and i kind of chat with them based on the, where they come from or their language whatever they use so for example, they were playing Dobby Day after the hurricane. We didn't really have an activity period like we would normally have, but they had a tent. We had two tents. So eventually they had one tent for playing their Dobby nose. So they would play very, very loud. So I would go to them and talk to them and let them know I'm happy that you all are there playing the Dobby nose, but please, you know, be quiet. And if you all do not do it, I will. So I use a kind of muddy, I tell them, I will short it down like on my tire <laughs> and then they laugh you know but at the same time you know i just kind of because you have to be rapper with them because then you cannot just yell at them because then they're going to rebel and then so it's the thing about it i'm very adaptable so i tell people i have my moments when i have to be serious i'm serious when i have to be fun i'm be fun i just know the place and time for everything you know, so that's basically I sometimes it's depending on what I have to do. They're playing cricket. Um, I go to the park 
Um, I try those that I know, and I know that they have certain talents. I try to push them into clubs and get them involved in activities. So it's just a matter of treating each student based on their personality. So it takes time. There's some that just wouldn't come, or there's some that just said, okay, well, I'll hang out with that person. So it's just a matter of learning them, learning their personality, and how to deal with them. Now, um, you are, of course, an educator, which we've established. Um, and you have just come from dealing with a major hurricane where kids have to go back to school, all of those things are happening. Plus, you have a big role as the dean of your department, a role already that is a challenge on its own. Yes. How has it been for you? Because you just mentioned, you know, the hurricane and what you guys do. Give me a little detail. How has it been for you guys, um, Post Maria, in terms of getting back, you know, on track? What sort of challenges have you guys it had well it's the i think after maria we had to take a collective approach it was it was not like every department had could operate individually individually on their own way we had to combine our resources we couldn't really work in fragments it couldn't be student affairs doing their own thing so we had we worked in terms of getting the students back we had to have we had different a different schedule so we had to kind of do the schedule all over again and so the registrar's office was really busy in doing that but this what we did from students affairs we supported that office on the other hand what we did was um in terms of finding our students it was not very easy to find them where they are because of the roads and telephones and um so we wanted when they came in we asked them to fill in a uh, really form what is it that they needed and then so I was, I went out looking for water. I didn't mind going on the port looking for water, go begging, go looking for really foods. Um, we got quite a bit of foods and clothing. And um, so that was our part in terms of getting them something so that when they came back to school, they would get it. And um, we supported the registrar's office in terms of, we had no electricity, we had no electricity, we had no internet. I mean, yes, we had the motor, but we had the um, generator. So the majority of the registered staff operated in different, out of campus, either up to the hospital. So the role that we pay, played was helping the students to make the transition. So when they came in, we took their names and then we would inform the those in the registrar's office, wherever they were working. So these are the students who, who came to say, well, they're coming back to school. Wow. So basically, that is how we did it. And then so we started on November 6th with very few classes. So we could only take the second year students. And then the, so the first year students were not in school. So from the student affairs, what we did was trying to engage them in voluntary activities. Now, this kind of fell in, in it, it fell right in time for us because we had just completed our implementation plan for the department so one of these was student engagement because our we have the sea goals support engage and empower that's what our goals are from student affairs so we were able to utilize we tried to utilize the first years we could find to volunteer in different areas and we tie it into what we are now going to have called a co-curricular record so when the students would have 
graduated, they would have graduated with an academic record as well as a co-curricular record, which will show which will show that they are not they they have their GPA, but they have been involved in community service, which is something a lot of universities are looking for. So Maria kind of kind of helped us to jumpstart our programs that we we had, even if not at the wide scale that we wanted to, but we were able to implement some aspects of our implementation plan. So, and so you can you can comfortably say you are resilient. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. and in this and then so when the first years came, um we although we had a skeletal um schedule, but I think we were able to bounce back um without any glitches. The the students agreed well. There would not be enough, there were not internet, so the lecturers had now to change their way of um assessing the students wow. had to change and this is all about accommodation and this is basically it was to us a temporary disability because then you were you had certain situation that impeded the way that you would normally do things and that is one of the things as an educator you have to be flexible because you even if you have stressed out you have to you ever feel stressed no i didn't yeah i didn't i never felt stressed out I'm very adaptable. I mean, imagine when we came and we had to clean the staff. I had no problem in cooking the food in the smoke for the for the teachers. I did that. Cooking food. <laughs> you know, so it was, I mean, it was you see people. I think it allows us to see people in different roles. Because when you come on a normal time, you go to your office, you sit in your office. If you don't have anything to tell somebody, you you just do what you have to do and you go home. But at that time, everybody was at the same level. So we just had to just kind of fit where we had to fit. So I never uh, felt stressed out during that time. Um, uh, you, you have your own after as But in general, what is the challenges you see children facing in Dominica? I think one of our major challenges that we face is in terms of making our education system relevant. And I will say that because I, I had a conversation with um, a businessman. He was like, what is it? Like, what is it that you He asked me a question. What are we doing up there? In the sense that when the students come from college, yes, they have this GPA, but they cannot function in society. And I think in the terms of having the soft skills. So we need to review our curriculum and get a way to have an integrated approach to our curriculum where we can provide the soft skills because no one can actually probably teach you how to, there are certain things you just have to learn, but you, have, you can create the experiences. And in teaching, you have what is called teachable moments where something happened that you did not expect. But you turn it into a teachable moment where these students can actually analyze and think critically and this is one we need to expose our students to be able to think critically and analytically think outside of the box it's funny you say that um because um my son is in this system here and he of course had part of school in dominica and i remember you know, having to go to um, parent-teacher night, and the teacher said to me, 
he is so much all about his books that he doesn't socialize with other kids in the class. You know, and it's not that he does not want to socialize. He is he's his mother's child, like he's Mr. Chatty. But he has in, ingrained in him that he has to pay attention. He has to do this. He has to. He's almost like a robot. Yeah. In the class, you know, trying to get take in everything that he needs to take in, and at a, he's only six. You know, at a, such a small, uh, a tender age, and he has totally, he totally does not know how to interact with children. And even like today, I would ask, I would ask him, what. Do you remember any students from your class? Do you remember anyone? And he can't give me anybody's names. Like, it's not that he... It's like he had almost no interest in any of the students. And that makes no sense. You know, I found him very... I found I find it very antisocial. Yeah, you know, like, to, to develop their social skills. And that is what I'm telling you. We have, when you, observation is one of the greatest ways to assess children. And when you observe those things, what you do as a teacher is you create the opportunity. So if he likes books, he likes to read. So the teacher needs to get, put the books on the floor and get all the other children to come and sit. And that may encourage him to come with every, to come and join. Because well, I'm not saying this to even like say anything bad about the teacher. No, no, I'm just saying what I'm saying is like you know, and it is a very good thing. So it's not anything bad about the teacher. I'm just saying that is why we as teachers, when we see that, we have to almost we have to create the an enabling environment. Well, I, it's gonna be very hard. We know it's academic. Everything is academically. Yeah, it's gonna be very hard for you guys to do it because. You work on such a short time span. That is the other thing. And you have so much is thrown at you that you have to go by. You have to be accountable to the curriculum. Then you have common entrance and you have um, CXC and you have ADF because everything is academically driven. Yeah, but that, I makes, that makes it def definitely difficult to actually have a for a child to have a social life at school because. At the end of the day, when they come for the five hours, it's boom, boom, boom. When you have to, you have your timeline. You, I remember, you know, going to teacher, parent, teacher, you know, in Dominica and saying, okay, he has to make sure he, over the summer, work with him on this, this, this. You have to make sure. Because when, when the, when the evaluator came to evaluate them, for example, on your ABCs and they were showing them their ABCs and stuff, he's supposed to say it after one second. And I'm just like, I don't understand that. How, how, how old was he? Like five or four. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't understand. Not that, because my argument is that it's not that he doesn't know his alphabet, but why does he have to say it in a second? Like, in a second, yep. Why, when you point it out, he must know, he must be able to, in a second. Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, what if he doesn't want to say it in a second? And what if he just in a in a mood and he just decide because children when when you in when the children are being assessed, they are totally they're just totally different. It's a stranger too. Like and it's, it's a exactly yeah. that they're not accustomed to, and I'm just supposed to answer you. And I remember, I remember he said to me, "Mommy, stranger danger." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But we have to mix it. And I, I mean, the thing about it, I know what 
I mean, I grew up when I in, I grew. We grew up in Penville, and um, you know, it's just a few persons who made it to secondary school. There was a time when not one child from Penville was passing through secondary school. It was mm -hmm. always Baker, Penville, and Tebow. We just wasn't coming up on the map at all. And then, so when I was going, I was like, "This is not going to be me." So I was book, book, and church. That's my life. Mm -hmm. And then, so I come. I mean, and because I have to pass, and I have to go to secondary school. And when I was in secondary school. It was the same thing. I was like, "Okay, everybody else when they get to fourth form, they double." But this is not going to be me. So I was like this. And um, but later on in my life, I realized I had all. Yes, I was smart, and I had I had all. But there was one aspect, because I was not balanced, there was one aspect of my life that I'm still struggling to get it balanced. Because if I get, if I find myself not in a book or having fun, I start to feel guilty because I'm like, I'm not supposed to. It's like, because that is how I train myself. And I realize that is why every time I, I do sessions with parents on early childhood, I keep telling them, you have to realize there are other domains of development. It's not just the cognitive domain. You have the social, you have the affective, you have the aesthetic, you have the language, you have the physical. And if you just focus on just the cognitive domain of the child, without teaching the child how to share, how to have friends, how to interact, how to appreciate nature, how to appreciate beauty, then you're going to have a nerd. I know. That out of my personal experience, not just out of book knowledge, but of my personal experience growing up, because I'm telling, I mean, even now, I just, I finished a program in, in training and development, a master's in training and development in 2016. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Until last year, um, I saw a certificate, and I'm at it. And my mommy said, me, Beva, your brain is tired. And then my auntie said, my niece said, but granny, auntie, you're just like an addict. You're addicted. You're just like the drug addicts. You're addicted to books. I'm like, Lord, that I'm a paro for books, you know? <laughs> but the thing about it is like, I always want to learn, but at the end of the day, you, ha I, you need to strike that balance. 